Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and uh, got a special guest lined up for you uh, today. Uh, recently met her uh, through the World Wide Web. Love the social media stuff. Uh, she's a former military spouse. Uh, she's got more than a decade of experience in human resources, office management, and business acquisitions. That's a big word for me. So, um, <laughs> she she returned to school in 2018 uh, and decided that she wanted to shift her fo- focus towards health and education. And uh, I'm going to let her explain uh, more of that. But I'm going to bring her on right now. My new friend, Stephanie Narita. Steph, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. You got a lot of cool stuff, and I left one of the one of the cool things that you're recently doing. I left that out of the intro because I want we're going to touch a lot about that uh, here sure. pretty soon. But why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so again, like you said, I'm a former military spouse. I recently left because it was a domestic violence situation. Oh, wow. I've got five kids that I'm raising on my own, and they are a crazy crowd, so to speak. They keep things really lively. Um, As far as my interests and my education goes, you know, grew up studying one thing because that's what my mother said I was good at. She said, hey, you're great at business. You're going to do business. And, you know, but my passion was like, I want to cook. And then as a mother, my passion shifted. I wanted to become a doctor because my kids have medical problems. So I was like, you know what? I'm not too old. I'm going back to school. I might be the on the older side of my class, but I'm not too old where I where I need extra help reading right. the, the text, so to speak. <laughs> so I went back to school in 2018 to study health and education. I'm finishing up at Arizona State this fall, and then I'm just gonna probably like shoot for applying to multiple places for med school and hopefully get into one. Nice. So, yeah, it's a crazy journey. I will say I never in a million years thought I'd that, do I mean, that's like a, from one shift to the complete opposite of it. And that's cool. Arizona State, Forkham, uh, we, we, home office is in, is in Phoenix. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I want to get into you. You recently, I don't want to say took over, but you are now the acting CEO of GFI Apparel, correct? Correct. What is that? So GFI Apparel, it originally was started by Melinda Nyseth and Leah Bauer, so another military-affiliated group. And it's an apparel company with the idea that you can just go for it and do what you want. So there's activewear, there's, and I've recently expanded the line out into business casual so to speak because i feel like the go for it brand really speaks to following your dreams whatever they may be so whether you want to be in a podcast or whether you want to own a finance company i feel like we need to cater to what you need and so what i really like is being comfortable and looking good so that's kind of where we're going in that direction to have dresses that you could wear casually out to the store or, or turn them into something a little bit fancier and wear to a business meeting. As well as well as last night, we actually had a focus group catered to the men so we know what, what they might want right. and what direction they're going into as well. Because to tell you the truth, our team now for the Gopher team is a bunch of military spouses. They're 
lovely ladies, but we do not speak man. So getting that insight <laughs> was valuable to us. Does anybody really speak man though? That's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on, on that. My big question right now, mm-hmm. based off of the intro that we did and what we're talking about going to, you know, finishing up schooling and wanting to, to be a doctor and then doing this and you have five kids right now, how do you do it? I can, you know what, when I figure it out, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, they have been my biggest motivator. Um, it was easy to coast and do pretty much nothing, pick something that I was good at versus trying to work for it. Right. When I became a mother, I wanted to set an example for them. I wanted them to chase their dreams and not just go the easy route. And so, so in order to do that, I have to be that example. So it's going to be insane. My life is insane. I live in the crazy and I love it, Yeah. but it's going to work because the world we live in is so driven for me to succeed. Yeah. We have online schooling. We have friends and family that is just a huge support network and we have remote opportunities and that's really the american dream i would say yeah i I love the fact that you're so positive about it you know you you have you know five kids and you're you're the ceo of an apparel company and you're going to school folks that are listening like this is you know stephanie's a prime example of like you know you really have no excuse to to chase after your dreams i mean she she is she they broke the mold and there was her you know, it, it's so my hat's off to you. I think that's um, that's awesome. GFI, I want to keep talking about this, this apparel thing because I'm on the website right now. And uh, you have a you, you mentioned something offline. You're talking about re- you just took this over recently. Correct. So mm-hmm. is there going to be like a rebranding or like a, a new grand opening type thing now that you're taking it over and you're adding stuff to it? What's what's the what's the game plan that you have for GFI moving forward? Oh, that's a great question. So GFI, we didn't want to alienate the old old customer base, but we wanted to bring it in a new direction. Okay. So we're we're actually going to be closing up shop here shortly for about two weeks. Okay. And we're going to completely reband the logo, and we're just going to take some of the old fashions that people have loved and give it our touch to it, and give it a little bit more like flavor, so to speak. Okay. Going out and about. So in the rebrand. Yeah, we'll be shut down for about two weeks, but in that rebrand, you'll still be able to order products, and I'm expanding the line out. So not only are you going to be able to order products, we're going to have a a, nutri- a digital nutrition plan, so to speak. So it's a recipe guide every single day. I studied nutrition for two years. I love to eat. I'm, yeah, I love <laughs> to eat too. That's why I'm doing this. So these are all 100% my recipes. They're delicious and healthy for you. And I love them. Like, honestly, I had gained so much weight with my daughter. I gained like 75 pounds and I dropped all that weight in like two months eating these recipes. So I'm hoping to share that with other people. I'm all excited about that. Let me tell you right now, especially (laughs) in this whole quarantine state that we've been in recently. Uh, Man, that's awesome. Are you going to have like, um, you know, some apparel companies have, I don't want to say professional models. What do you call them? Like, um, 
uh, brand ambassadors and, and stuff like that. Are you guys planning on doing that as well? And do you need like, you know, lower 40, you know, gray haired, overweight guys helping out to model for your fashion? <laughs> <laughs> if you're volunteering yourself, we'll absolutely take you. And so we want real we want real people. it is about That's real as you get right here folks i'm telling awesome. you <laughs> and so anybody if you're interested in being a brand ambassador you can contact us at orders at gfiapparel.com and basically just drop the links to your social media account and why would you want to be a brand ambassador so to speak you get it's commission based to start off with so you get 10 percent in commissions, but you also get continuous discounts off products nice. and opportunities to get free swag, so to speak. Cool. And if you're really starting out, it's a way to get your name out there. I immediate if you are a domestic violence survivor or if you're a military spouse or veteran, those are some of the people that we push forward to be brand ambassadors. Okay. Um, and so that's that's something that anybody can get into your friends and family. There, it's supposed to be just a fun thing to do. There's no startup costs or anything of that sort. Why don't we, uh, real quick, you know, we're talking about the website and everything like that. Where can people, if they're listening right now, it means they're already online. Open up another browser, folks. What's the website? What's the URL that they can go check out? So gfiapparel.com. Perfect. So, folks, like I said, if you're already if you're listening to this, it means you're online already. Open up another browser and go to gfiapparel.com. Steph, you brought up domestic violence, domestic violence awareness, and, and it sounds like you're a lot of this brand is kind of like giving back and encouraging those people that have gone through t- some type of DV situation to kind of step out and, and let them know that it almost sounds like you're kind of creating a community uh, of support for people that have gone through stuff like that. And you had mentioned uh, at the beginning that that's something that you personally have, has gone through. Is that something you're, you're willing to share with the listeners a little bit more about? Yeah, absolutely. It's a long, complicated story to start off with. Um, there were red flags right from the beginning of the relationship. But when you're young and you're in love, you, you, you choose to ignore things, right? Right. But, and I didn't understand the concept of domestic violence at the time. I thought punching you was the only way to be domestically violent. So he made comments right off the back. He'd be like, you're not beautiful. You're, you're cute, but not really my type. You got a funny looking face, All, like things that he would slip in there. And then he would mark it with, I love you so much. And then, you know, we got into this whirlwind engagement and he took it as a sign. Oh, you're engaged now. We can start having sex. And I was in a different mindset at the time. And he kind of pushed himself on me. And then when I went to reach out for help, there was no help. Everybody was like, well, if you hadn't worn that dress or if you hadn't been alone with him, that would have never happened to you. It would, I, I turned to, bishops I turned to friends I turned to family and they were all like well he really loves you he keeps saying that he loves you and you're engaged and he got carried away and that's that's okay that's perfectly acceptable and so my mind started reframing itself to thinking that I was the problem and so I ended up getting pregnant while we were engaged and immediately he wanted to run his first reaction was like 
I don't want to, anything to do with this. I don't want to be married to you. You're a horrible person. And I remember just being completely devastated and crying my eyes out one day to the point that somebody did reach out to me. And I thought he was reaching out to me because he cared. He was reaching out to me because that person reached out to me. He wanted to maintain this image of I'm a good, godly person. I don't want anybody to know what I've done to her. Right. And so he reached out and was like, I'm sorry, we'll get married. We're going to do all this stuff together. And so for a few months, it was good. For a few months, it was good. I want to emphasize it only ever lasted a few months. And then we got married. I had the baby. And then things, you know, things started turning again. He just kept saying, I'm addicted to porn. You know, I'm addicted to this stuff. He started screaming at me like I would go home, clean the entire house. The house would be spotless. He would find the one speck of dirt in the house and start cussing me out and throwing things at me. And then he would apologize and be like, I'm so sorry. I just had a long day. I just needed someone to take it out on. Like, he would always complain about his mother, his father, and he would say, I needed you to take it out on. I need you to be the person that I can vent to because I don't so you're supposed have that. To, you basically, you were the punching bag. It, it, no, not mm-hmm. any pun intended on that because there's different types of DV. Obviously, there's physical and uh, verbal uh, exactly. abuse on it. And, and, and forgive me for probably poor choice of words, but I, I, ideally, I mean, that's kind of what it was is that you come, you come home and – that's what it you're making it that's what it sounds like listening to your exactly. story is that that's that's what happened yeah and the problem with that is i never set a firm boundary because i had what they call codependency yeah my oh, happiness yeah. was dependent on somebody else so right. i would always accept that apology and those boundaries started falling you know it's i we had a son and he died of epilepsy and it wasn't even two weeks after he died he grabbed me and he held me like he was taking care of me and he whispered in my ear, I wish you would just fucking get over it already two weeks after he died. And that was like the most heartbreaking thing of my life. Like I remember grabbing my daughter and running into a room crying. And then he walked into that room because somebody had followed me and was like, what's wrong? I don't understand what's going on. I'm here for you. And acting like nothing had happened. I'm like, you just told me you wish I would fucking get over it two weeks after he died. Right. And he's like, well, I didn't do that. I would never say that to you. That's a horrible thing to say. And, you know, I thought I was going crazy. So as things progressed, it started to get worse and worse and worse. He started sexually assaulting me more. He started getting more aggressive with slamming doors next to my face and You know, I ended up having another daughter. Things were fine for a little bit. And then he wanted another one. He's like, well, she's a girl. I wanted a boy. So he kind of forced his way into making me give him another child, so to speak. I love my daughter. I won't mention her name because I don't want her to ever think that she wasn't wanted. But she, you know, I got pregnant with her and things started escalating. I found out, you know, in that time, you know, From the time my son died to the time I had my third daughter, I found out that he had stalked a girl to her her work. He told me he got fired because he was taking time to grieve the loss of her son and to take care of us. He actually got fired from work because he took her address out of the computer and stalked her to her home. And then he turned it into, 
I never meant to do anything like that. I was just grieving and I needed someone to talk to. He brought like a box of condoms to her house and freaked her out. Like, and you know, it turned into this insane thing. And I ended up having a daughter. I had Ivy and I wanted to leave. Things started mellowing out. Then all of a sudden he wanted another kid. And I realized every time he wanted another kid, it was to cover up his violence. So flash forward, he's gone through some unemployment. He's gone through a lot of issues. And my brother goes, he should join the Navy. And I'm like, no, there's no way he's getting into the military. And, you know, the Air Force shot him down. but The Navy took him no question. So this was all before him even joining the military. Yeah. This was all before him joining the military. So I was actually dead surprised that they let him in. But he he didn't get into the Air Force, but he was able to get into the Navy with a bunch of waivers. You know, he explained it as he was grieving. He didn't hurt anybody. No harm, no foul. Right. And so, you know, he got into the Navy and we're getting ready for him to go to boot camp. And I remember one night he comes up to me and he's like, I don't love you anymore. You just let yourself go. You're fat. You're hideous. I'm leaving you for this girl that I met. I'm like, what do you mean met? Like I'm sitting here raising your kids. What do you mean you met another person? And the entire night I was like, please don't leave us. I know you still love us. And he's like, no, I'm leaving. So by the time morning hit, I was so tired. I was like, fine, just go. And, and he, he looked at me. He's like, I don't want the kids. I'm like, what? Like, he's like, I don't want them. You have to take care of them. And I'm like, we just had them together. And he goes, no, it's, it's your responsibility. Right. You wanted them. I don't want them. And so I looked at him and I'm like, well, if you're going to be a sperm donor, just go ahead and leave. And maybe that was wrong for me to say, but that's how I was feeling at the time. And he that set off a whirlwind of anger. He, he got really close to my face and was like, what did you call me? And I was like, I called you a sperm donor because, right. because you know, you're, you're saying you want to leave and ditch these kids and you don't want financial responsibility. You want to leave me all alone for some girl half your age that you just met. And he goes, he didn't say anything, but he grabbed me by the wrist and he started squeezing tight as tight as he could. And I'm sorry if I get emotional about it. It's a little hard to talk about while I was pregnant. And he's like, say it one more time. So and I was kind of like hesitant. Steph, uh-huh. let me, let me fast. I want to fast forward here real quick so for any for listeners that have gone through any type of like domestic violence case or anything like that what do you, fast forward for us and what what did you do to get help did, did you get help or, i mean was there somebody there was there a, a program or um so somebody that you yeah. reached out to that, that got that sort of so for the listeners out there that have either going through this or know somebody that's going through this what can they do to get help, to, to get out of situations like that. So to fast forward, and that's great because I just want to emphasize the point. It was hard to leave. It took me years and a lot of punches to say, I finally had enough. Right. Um, the way I got help was I kept reaching out and wasn't afraid to stop. Basically the first person I reached out to was his boss, the person he was supposed to be working with. And he, I explained to him a little bit about what was going on. And he picked up right away. He goes, I knew something was wrong. Um, talk to him. Let me talk to him man to man. And maybe we can fix things. That didn't happen. Right. Sam, you know, he decided to, you know, my ex decided to try and fake a suicide. Tell me he was going to kill himself. And the guy was like, put him in the psych ward. Seriously. Tell him he's got no choice. I will, you know, call the cops. 
just get yourself out of that situation. And that's the first step. It's ugly, but you have to get out of that situation. So if somebody's threatening to hurt you or hit you, call the police right away. Make sure you have a safety plan on where you're going to go, meaning save your money, save your resources, and find someone you can trust. Family, friend, someone. Yeah. Right. Honestly, family and friends can be the most judgmental. Part of the reason why I never left. Uh Well, I was going to say part of the reason why I never left to begin with is the fact that my family was like, he's a great guy. What did you do? You know, that that is exactly so heartbreaking to hear that. It really is. Yeah. Till this day, I don't speak to my brother and sister because they they cut me down versus cutting him down about what he did, because they're like, well, he says he doesn't he didn't do it. And we believe him instead of you. So it's a situation where you have to make a decision to love yourself first. And once you love yourself, then that will give you the courage to get up and leave and to find other people out there because you are not alone. You, you bring up something and I want to, cause we're coming up on time here and I want sure. to make sure that I ask this question. You've done so much being, being a mother of five, raising them on your own. You're the CEO of, uh, an up and coming, uh, apparel company cfi apparel GFI. Yeah, excuse me GFI what did i say g gfi gfi apparel i knew that and folks if you're listening go check out gfi apparel.com and you're finishing up your education at asu and hopefully afterwards you could be going to medical school somewhere yes and everything, everything that you have going on is is just truly amazing because it's just like after, you know, I've talked with you offline for a little bit and whatnot, and you just, you're a positive person and you're, you're just full of energy. And with five kids, I'm sure you need to be full <laughs> of energy. Um, but you're on the show called The Decision Hour. And, and a question that I ask every, all my guests is name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at the time? So my decision, since we're going with that theme of DV, was finally leaving and filing a restraining order. It came down to, is my life valuable or not? And is this the life I want for my kids? So I had very little time to think. We're talking hours, so I had to react fast. And at first, it it stung bad. I didn't. I had to go with my gut instinct, but I will tell you this right now, shortly after that time and that struggle, GFI basically fell into my lap. My kids got modeling contracts with a talent agency. Like life started getting brighter when I decided to respect myself and choose myself first. I love that. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, And just everything that you do. Thank you. You'll have an open mic here at the Decision Hour and with Heroes Media Group. So when GFI relaunches, uh, I'll expect to hear from you uh, as well 100%. as uh, as well as our listeners. Uh, any parting words that you want our listeners to know before we let you go today? I would like to say 100% believe in yourself no matter what their circumstances are. You are not alone in this world. And Anybody who makes you feel like you're alone does not deserve to be in your life. Cut out the toxic influences, 
love yourself and love love your tribe that supports you. It's easy for people to love you when you're on a high, so to speak, but it's the people who love you when you're kicked down in the dirt, covered in mud, the people who pull you up from that, that you want to keep around in your environment. I love it. Thanks, Stephanie. No problem. Thank you for having me. Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Before you, we let you go, make sure you go to gfiapparel.com. Check it out. Uh, shoot her an email uh, and get part of the – make sure you check out the rebrand stuff when they come back uh, up online. And then also, if you're interested in becoming a brand ambassador for them, shoot them an email. We'll have all this stuff up on the Heroes Media Group and the Decision Hour Uh, social media pages shout out to heroes media group our home company Uh, go to www.heroesmediagroup.com check out all of the shows articles and all the new stuff that they got going on over there until next time you've been listening to the decision hour